What's going on? What's going on? What's going on, my people, my people, my people? Welcome to the very first episode of Through a Culture Lens. I am your host, Michael Anthony, and I am here with the best host on YouTube. Her name is Amber Gray. What is going on, Amber? How you doing, girl? I'm doing well today. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. You know, uh, we had a little bit of snow, you know, of course, you know, with us being here it. in the D.C. area. Oh, yeah, because you're from Cali, so you don't, I am. you're not used to snow. I'm not used to snow, but I like the idea of if it's going to be winter, it's going to be 25 degrees, you might as well snow. Right. Just go ahead and give it to me. <laughs> just give it to me right. at this point. <laughs> the thing is, though, it just felt like it was continuously snowing. You know, like it just yeah. felt like the snow just kept coming, like every morning. It said like for I three agree. straight days, it felt like, you know, it just was going to keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. I know. You know. I know. And it had turned into real hard ice. And I mean, yeah, I, mm -hmm. I'm... I'm one of those people, like I said, if you're going to snow, just, just, I don't want to do snowmageddon. You weren't up here. I don't think you were up here for that, but you did okay. get that in, that in North like Carolina. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes, did you guys yes. get that snow yeah. mm -hmm, down there? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We that did. Was, in North Carolina, we did. Yeah, I don't want that. I don't yeah. Want that was bad. That was <laughs> that bad. I remember, I remember when they showed the streets of uh, Atlanta, it looked like the walking dead. Yeah. That That's was, that right. was pretty bad. I remember That's that. Yeah, that was pretty bad. That was pretty bad. Well, welcome, people, of course, um, folks in the chat. Welcome. Of course, uh, we always like to say that you are the third host of the show. So please give your input because this is definitely an open show for everybody to comment on. Um, so, you know, before we sort of get into our topic, of course, you know, our topic today is take a knee. You know, a few things that we like to kind of cover is like some industry news. And there was some big news that sort of got released this week, and that would be the Golden Globes. Um, the Golden Globes, you know, is going to be on February 28th, um, which is a Sunday, you know, this month. And they had some pretty notable uh, nominees up there. You know, what did yeah. you think about the list, Amber? You know, I felt ashamed because I was telling you <laughs> earlier, I was like, I haven't seen that. I haven't seen that. And mm -hmm. honestly, if it wasn't on Netflix or if it wasn't on Hulu or Disney, I probably haven't seen it or HBO because, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of these were Showtime and some of these like premium premium networks where we're already spending all this money on all these other networks right. that we just didn't get a chance to see some of them. But I saw some things that I was, I was happy to see. Like we talked about, I actually really enjoyed, which I'm shocked, the Borat subsequent movie film. So mm -hmm. when I saw that that was nominated, I was mm -hmm. like, okay, I'm happy to see the little silly film get nominated. Yep, 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 but I was yep. kind of disappointed with some other films. I May Destroy You, as you know, everyone. So just for, um, you know, kind of like frame of reference, this is not our first show, but this is our first show that we've kind of advertised to people. So we do have some other shows. We'd love for you all to go back and, and view, um, which are great, have a lot of great content. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But um, I May Destroy You is a show that I have been rooting for since it mm -hmm. came out over the summer, but it did not get nominated. And I saw some upset, upset people online, too. So I was like, duck on it. I was a little... Hurt, right, right. Well, I know you've you? been talking about the show for a while. Um, I haven't seen the show just yet. Um, I know in, you know, just like you talked about, we did some dry run episodes, but this is our debut episode, right. you know. Um, and so we did actually cover your love for this uh, particular show. I mean, it wasn't up there, no, but they did have some ones up there like uh, Viola Davis and Chadwick both got nominated Great. Um, yeah, for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Um, Audrey Day in the United States versus Billie Holiday, which is very interesting. Yeah, that um, is interesting. And actually, she got nominated for a song as well oh, um, with uh, Raphael okay. Sadiq. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh, my guy. My, my yeah, yeah. Leslie Odom Jr. for One Night in Miami. Um, and, of course, Regina King. She got her he nomination. Deserved mm -hmm. He deserves that. He did great. And uh, who else? Uh, Don Cheadle for Black Monday, which is a show on Showtime. Um, I think you've told me about that, but I have not mm -hmm. seen that. I have not seen that yet. Yeah, it's a, it's a good show. It's, a, it's a, about a black, basically, uh, banker, you know, or, or uh, works in stock market. 
and okay. is trying to trade money and things like that. But it's back it's dated back in the eighties. You know, he has like mm. a stretch Lamborghini in the in the movie. <laughs> very eighties. Very eighties. And uh, Regina um, Hall is actually in it too. Regina oh, Hall good. is actually okay. in it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's actually really it's a pretty decent show. It's a pretty decent show. Okay. And um, okay. in Soul got for uh, nominated yeah, uh, for for best animated, and then of course. I'm happy to see that. Your uh, your guilty pleasure, Lovecraft Country, got nominated oh, yeah. for best television series. Love. Like, how do you, how do you think that's gonna be? How do you think that's gonna go? I do. I think they're gonna win. No. Am mm -hmm. I happy they're nominated for the culture? Yes. Mm -hmm. And that's what I've been saying over and over again about Lovecraft. You can have your you know feelings about Lovecraft. You can have some you know any sort of like kind of angsty feelings about mm -hmm. their you know execution of the show. Um, but for the culture. To know that a black showrunner, primarily black cast, is nominated for for best show um, for a Golden Globe, I'm happy. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, the Hollywood Film Press. I don't think they're gonna win. I don't think they're gonna win, but I'm happy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just to get the recognition, I think is um, exactly. is, is pretty big, you know. So of course, you know, it's gonna be t uh, February 28th. We're talking about doing a show, um, and you know, definitely if you can catch up on some of the movies and TV shows because we definitely want to have that dialogue of what's a good show. And you know, the Golden Globes is going to be actually a simulcasted in two locations. One's going to be in New York, where Tina Fey is going to be, and then of course, um, as Miss Candace was talking about coming back to Cali, uh, where they just got a few drops of rain, you know. Um, few drops. Yeah, just a few drops of rain. Um, I think Amy Poehler, she's going to be in Los Angeles, uh, where okay. it typically takes place at. So it should be, be it, sh it should be definitely an interesting watch. It should be definitely an interesting watch. Yeah, that'd so, be cool. Yeah, yeah. So of course, getting on to today's topic. Today we'll be talking about the Take the Knee movement, yeah. and you know this here really sort of came about um, because of the Super Bowl. You know, we have the Super right. Bowl coming up this week. Um, it's on the Sunday. <laughs> Super Bowl Sunday. It's on Sunday. I, I can't believe it's already coming. That, it right, 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 right. It, it, it's <laughs> pretty much already here. And, you know, we just wanted to sort of relitigate or I guess rediscuss, you know, this topic of take the knee, you know, because it definitely has evolved. But, you know, with it being the Super Bowl, you know, which is my sport, which, of course, you know, Amber, you've already discussed that this is not necessary. You, you checked out of football. I checked out. So this, so just for the the viewers' sake, this is a topic that I'm like, Michael, just run with it. But I have checked out of the NFL for at least four four years now. Ever since the whole Kaepernick, which we're going to get into it, um, kind of controversy, I had a bad taste in my mouth with the organization, and I have not really watched since. And I wasn't some huge um, fanatic. You know, I grew up watching sports. Grew up watching the 49ers and the Raiders. Go Raiders! Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I kind of checked out. <laughs> I well, checked out. I'm a football fanatic. I love football. Oh my goodness. I, I played it in high school, uh, grew up watching it. Um, you know, been a, you know, Philadelphia Eagles fan right now. I'm not wearing a Jersey cause they garbage right now. So, you know, I'm at least going to show some respect, you know, with my water cup here. Um, but you know, like the Super Bowl, it's, it's the most watched program on television, you know, every year, year after year. And it's a big spectacle, you know, and of course we have uh, Patrick Mahomes and, uh, against Tampa Bay Buccaneers, what I think the spread is, you know, uh, Kansas City three and a half, which I know you don't understand what that kind of means, you know, but they also talk about the total points being 57.5, you know, as far as the spread. Well, I know you don't have a rooting interest or do you? Right. Do you have a rooting interest? Like I know because you said you may or may not watch it this year. I don't have a rooting interest, but I'm going to go with Mahomes simply because he's not Brady. 
Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. all it really took for me. Um, <laughs> I don't even have anything negative against Brady outside of what we've talked about before. Some of the controversy when he was a Patriot and just the Patriots in general, mm. their team is kind of a little polarizing. It's like you love them or you literally hate them. So um, I'm gonna go with Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and, and I, I would say it would be nice to see Andy Reid. He used to coach for the Eagles. You know, it would be nice to see him win. But you know, Tom Brady. You know, this would be his tenth Super Bowl going to, and potentially his seventh Super Bowl Seven. championship Seven, with yeah. another division. You know, he he won six with AFC, and him taking Tampa Bay, who's also the first Super Bowl uh, contending team to host a Super Bowl in their stadium. If he wins this, it'd be almost like one of those like Jordan moments. I think I told you before, yeah. you know, like like growing up watching Jordan, even though I'm not a Jordan fan, but still right. witnessing that greatness. There's something to that, I think, in the sports world. Oh, and yeah. um, oh, and Omar saying that you'd be giving him the side eye when he'd be watching I do. Uh, NFL. <laughs> Why? He's, he's kind of, you be he's taking kind of his resorted, card? He's kind of resorted to watching it on his phone in the basement. So <laughs> Caden and I can watch what we like watching. Oh, do my man yeah, dirty. You know, he, yeah, he knows. It's like, I don't, I just, you know, we're going to get into this, guys. I'm, I, I've always been social justice minded. I've always felt like, you know, I'm tired of supporting big organizations that do not support me or my, you know, my community. And that's just an organization that time and time again has not really been there for the 70% that play the black people, right. the black men that play. So it is, yeah, it's, it's just a tug of war for me. It is, it is, it is. Well, so, you know, so, of course, you know, this is the reason why we wanted to bring this up is because, you know, Super Bowl and it's also Black History Month. And, of course, this is through a cultural lens. So what else would we talk about? And we wanted something lighter. As you guys will go back and see some of of our kind of, you know, test shows. They've been pretty heavy. um, And this was kind of like, let's do something light. And this is, you know, he loves sports. I said, go for it. Let's Mm. go ahead and do your your sports show. (laughs) Appreciate it. Just like you give it, just like you put Omar down in the basement. That ain't right. Just just go ahead and get your little sports show. Go ahead. That ain't right. Oh, my brother. I've always hated Brady. Yep. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. What's going on, Tris? How you doing? All right. And, you know, so, of course, with Through a Culture Lens, you know, we're always doing research and we're always looking at the deeper meaning of things. And, you know, we wanted to kind of look at, like, you know, the first, you know, African-American black people that actually got into the league or got paid or something. And these are two names that came up. One was Charles W. Folis, and he was actually the first professional uh, player to be paid, you know, in 1904. So you're talking about in 1904... Uh, for the St. Louis, uh, oh Shelby Blues, I'm sorry, in Ohio, um, he got paid a contract for two years to play with the Shelby Blues, um, and he's actually dominant. You know, during his time in 1904, he was six foot, 200 pounds, which is you know the average. You know, you can look at him. You know, he looks like the average. You know, uh, what is it, uh, Bolo? You know, <laughs> the police put out on black. Yeah, that police be putting out on black men. You know, but you know he dominated for you know a couple of years, but then you know injuries kind of broke him down a little bit, and then he went on to play in the um, Negro Baseball League as a catcher. Um, yeah. You know, unfortunately, he passed away at 31. He got pneumonia after playing a uh, baseball game in Chicago. Um, so you know, just wanted to definitely give him a big ups of uh, you know Charles Foley, the first paid in a uh, professional football player, and then of course uh, Kenny Washington, which I know you did some research on him. Yeah, a little bit of research on him. He played um, when you know so. Charles Fullis played, like you said, um, in the first professional um, football league, but it wasn't mm-hmm. NFL, right? It was not NFL. Um, correct, correct, correct. Yeah. So he played, I'm trying to get the year here, because 
1933, football was coming becoming big business, but mm-hmm. blacks, of course, were not allowed. So 1933, we were not allowed, which, mm-hmm. you know, shocking. It wasn't until 1946 um, that the color barrier was broken. And that's when he broke the color barrier. So mm-hmm. he played, I think he was also in the Hall of Fame, you know, after he played, he entered the Hall of Fame in 1971. Mm-hmm. But the funny thing about, about it is that he, you know, he broke the color barrier, became the first NFL black player mm-hmm. and then subsequently he only played for three seasons and then subsequently became an lapd officer after mm. that so mm. yeah some interesting yeah i had no idea about that so that's interesting that you went from nfl to lapd and lapd we already know has a sordid history so that's interesting that is very interesting you know i mean uh you know we didn't do much research on on that part of his life you know hopefully <laughs> right. he was hopefully he was a, a good soldier for the people and for everybody that was out there and hopefully you know right you know, nothing sort of came about, you know, through this. Um, exactly. And I'm sure he broke color barriers there too. So not only NFL, but I'm pretty sure, you know, around the time he was in LAPD, they probably didn't have a whole lot in the in the sixties, I can imagine fifties and sixties. So, You know, and so, you know, to kind of look at these two men and look at where the NFL is now, you know, where you have a Patrick Mahomes, you have a Deshaun Watson, you have like these Titans, you know, like before, you know, this was before segregation, you know what I'm saying? Right. You know, especially, you know, Charles Follis, you know, this is during reconstruction, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, Kenny Washington, this was in what, 46. So we're talking about World War Two, both, you know, um, both of them, you know, around the World War time. And, exactly. um, you know, just, you know, we always talk here about Jackie Robinson and the barriers that he broke. But, you know, what about the football mm-hmm. players and what they had to do, especially in a much more physical sport, you know, right. because baseball, you know, you hit a ball, you go around, you know, you get yelled at, but like, you get on a pile, you know, with some other players, you know, ain't no telling what they might be doing, you know, hitting you, you know, in different places, you know, grabbing at you, doing whatever. So they were probably getting brutalized by the fans, some of the coaches, yeah. some of their own teammates. And then and also just look at what he's wearing. I mean, it yeah. doesn't seem like there's a lot of padding happening in uh, Follis, Follis's mm-hmm. uniform here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, and um, I'm sure uh, it was actually a very, very brutal back then. Right. Oh, and Miss Candace uh, asked in the chat. No, um, he was not on a, actually on an all black team. Actually, they had no all Negro football leagues at that time so he was actually right. on a team with white men he was the only black guy on the team you know but That's the thing right. is though he played two years for free from 1902 to 1904 and then got a check in a contract signed to him in 1904 um for you know his for what he did you know during that time yeah, um Something you know else. yeah yeah so you know i always like to throw a little black history facts in there you know give some remembrance but you know That's let's right. you know take it back to a take a knee so like Taking knee, it's it's taking a whole new meaning, you know, of itself at this point in time. Wouldn't you say, you know, it, yeah. it's it's now, you know, been coupled, I would think, with the Black Lives Matter movement, you know, but it's something it has, that started yeah. in sports, you know. That's right. Yeah, I mean, it definitely has. I mean, it's crossed, um, you know, different sports, just not just football, right? You see it in soccer now, we're seeing it baseball i mean it's really just kind of like transcended the sport mm-hmm. um where people are just becoming more awakened to what's really happening to the black community at large so right. it's definitely like grown legs i mean and, and to think about you know what started with you know kaepernick doing it and you know, of course we're getting into him but then you see like nancy pelosi doing it you know we have officers of you know photos of officers doing it you know people doing it with black lives matter protests you know soccer players what it did you know in the nba and you right. know and of course you know it all started with colin kaepernick and the whole thing with Colin Kaepernick is he did it because he wanted to protest the Star Spangled Banner, you know, which is the song that is historically played right before the good old, <laughs> good old games, you know. Right. And that was the main reason why he did it. And, you know, we wanted to do a little research, you know, on the Star Spangled Banner just to kind of find out some information. And, I mean, and in, you know, conjunction, in conjunction with what's happening in 
you know, just our lives as black people with police brutality. It was, a con you know, conjunction with how do I stand up for a song that says how great we are as a country when we don't treat everybody great in this country. Correct. So, so that song? Yeah. Correct. 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 I mean, you know, because this song has been played, you know, before every game, you know, as far as we know about it, it's 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 everywhere, you know, and it was very divided, especially when Kaepernick sat down, you know, or, or kneeled and, you know, we'll get into some other people, you know, for this song, you know, um, right. that we hear about. And the history of it is, you know, of course, uh, Francis Scott Key, you know, wrote it in what was it, 1814. Um. I believe it was 1814. It appeared, it, yes. Yeah, it, it appeared first in print in 1812. In 1812, um, right. Yeah. And then, because it was during the War of 1812. Yep, the War of 1812. So, yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. 1812. Mm -hmm. Which, um, which the, the War of 1812 was uh, between British and Americans. And that's whenever the, American, the British yeah. was trying to come and take over, back over America um, during that war. Um, right. Now, this is where the history... In Baltimore, in the Baltimore Harbor. In the Baltimore Harbor, correct, correct, correct. At um, Fort M. Henry? Yeah, Fort, Fort yeah, McHenry. McHenry, McHenry, McHenry. Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, Francis, Scott, Francis Scott Key got onto a British ship right outside of Baltimore Harbor. Um, but he, the, this is where we found out some information that, you know, we don't know is true. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we know that he was supposed to be negotiating for the, for the freedom of somebody, you know what I'm saying? One report said it was a doctor. Another one said it was a whole hall full of captured Americans that was at the bottom of a ship. Um, right. we really don't know, but we, but, but as far as all the information that we have, he was on a ship, you know, British ship and, they told um, Francis Scott Key that they're going to bombard M. Henry, Fort M. Henry, all night long and that they need to surrender. And in order for the British to know that they surrendered, they would lower down the flag, you know, and then the British would stop bombarding them with cannonballs and things like that. Right, right. So they kept hitting them, kept hitting them, kept hitting them. Hitting them. And what eventually happened is when the new morning came and the dust settled, the flag was still there. You know, oh, say, oh, say <laughs> does that star spangled, you know, yep. and what they found is that, you know, after that entire night of being bombed from these British ships, that they found uh, humans remains, you know, at the foot of the flag, holding the flag up, you know. So it's a very patriotic sort of moment, right. you know, that happened in real time, you know, as far as all the things that we found out about it. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And. Um, you know, he was on that ship for a while because while he was on the ship, he was writing it like just on a notepad or like mm -hmm. a piece of paper, um, which is why, you know, you'll see, I think we've got an, an image of that um, on there. But yeah, he coined that after seeing that flag still waving in the air as the bombs are bursting in air, right? Mm -hmm, he's still, mm -hmm. he's like, okay, well, we didn't surrender. So let's, let's keep it pushing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, um, and so of course he wrote this song um, or this poem rather. And I believe it was first called M. Henry, right? If I'm not mistaken, um, um, I believe it was called, in, you know, the the death or hold on, actually, the battle I, of Mah maybe it's like the battle of Mahenry or something along those lines. Mm -hmm. Oh, and and Lisa, you're right. Nobody knows the entire song because um, they're only exactly. seeing the fourth part of it, and 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 that's actually one of the things that we actually want to get to is mm -hmm. you know sort of this meaning behind um, what the Star Spangled Banner was even you know covering at that time. And right. so, you know, we have Kaepernick, you know, but the thing is, is this right here. 
the defense of Fort M. Henry. And this is the, the verses that they keep out of, you know, what we know of as the Star Spangled Banner. And right. I'm trying to see if I can find a better copy of it. It is no refuge could save the hurling and slave. Now you said you, you looked at what hurling was, right? Yeah. So, so hurling is basically a servant. So they're just basically saying a low class white person, a hurling. And then of mm -hmm. course the slave was, you know, the, the black slaves at the time. Mm -hmm. From the terror of flight or the gloom of the grave and the star spangled banner in triumph doth wave or the land of the free and the home of the brave. Does that give you goosebumps? So we it doesn't. Um, <laughs> so we've um, we've discussed this 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 particular verse because this verse obviously is fraught with controversy um, about his intentions, right? Like what what is he intending to mean here? So if you know a little bit about the War of eighteen twelve, the British kind of offered the slaves um, an opportunity, right? An opportunity to, to come over there once just to surrender, fighting for the U.S. and come come to the uk am i mm -hmm. not mistaken mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, so, or, or or yeah or to go to like the caribbean you know they either okay, go to the uk because i think they uh some of them went to uh trinidad like the area okay. of trinidad in the caribbean mm -hmm. so essentially this was kind of like are you really being treated in any sort of way that is beneficial to your life in america mm -hmm. um i'm pretty sure you're not so why don't you go on come over here like i said earlier come over here to death row <laughs> like a suge knight moment they're not treating you well over there let's let's go ahead and go somewhere else let's we'll help you guys basically find your freedom we'll help mm -hmm. you get away from um the american soldiers mm -hmm. so i think this was kind of um a slight um from francis scott key kind of basically saying you can't run like there's mm -hmm. no refuge for you there's no mm -hmm. refuge for the poor there's no refuge for the slave mm -hmm. um no matter what who offers you this refuge you you the grave is what what's going to happen essentially mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, and yeah, a lot of people have debated of what this means, you know, but I think we come to the same conclusion. Basically, it's just that with the British offering that they would um, give freedom to slaves. And actually, they said that around 4000 slaves escaped between Maryland and Virginia to go join the British side. But of course, there were some um, black people who also fought on the American side as well. Right. And he wrote this songs particularly to let them know that, no, you will. We are not going to lose and you will be slaves. And there was also some other key information that we found out about Mr. Francis Scott Key. Would you like to um, tell the people about his uh, his wealth? So he came from a very wealthy Maryland slave, slaver, slave owner family. Um, so while there's some information saying he didn't believe necessarily in the, um, you know, the act of, of owning people, of being a slave owner, he also didn't believe in like fraternizing and being neighbors with black people either. So mm -hmm. he was okay with, um, you know, abolishing slavery just as mm -hmm. long as all the black people went back to Africa, literally. Mm -hmm. He did not want them anywhere near his great American neighborhood, his great American cities. He didn't want them in Baltimore. He just thought at this point, maybe it is inhumane to own people, but I'd rather let them go and then just get a boat and just take them back. Cause I don't, I don't, they don't need to be here. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, he was the attorney general, you know, well, he was, you know, he made, you know, his wealth off of, you know, slavery. Um, mm -hmm. And so he's definitely, like you said, family, he wasn't, yeah. he wasn't against it. He was against the mistreatment of the right. slaves, but he fought as an attorney general for the United States against the abolishment of slavery. Um, and as you said that uh, I think it's, it's modern day li uh, Liberia is where mm. he literally would like, he would rather see us go than to see us yeah. free. 
Don't want to be neighbors with y'all. Y'all can go. I don't like it. I might. Mm, I don't like it, but y'all <laughs> just please go. Yuck, yuck, bounce. My presence. Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. And so, you know, to think about that, it's like, well, shouldn't this, you know, wasn't until morning, be done now? You know, like, shouldn't we that. now look at the song in protest? But then there's been. Examine it. It, it's but, but there's been years and years and years of examples, you know, of, you know, people who have stood up, you know, for, um, you know, stood up, you know, or sat down or did some type of protest like right here. You know, we're going to talk about the three most notable, which would be the 1963 Olympic uh, Games where Tommy Smith and John Carlos took um, first and third place, respectively, in the 200 meter dash. And they stand here with their fists risen in the air uh, while the star spangled banner is playing and of san course jose this state, is all it. my san jose state people my mom is all that's my mom's alma mater oh is it oh yeah and i know tobiah he went to san jose state yeah so yeah we have some san jose state people in here okay 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 and of course you know that was big and you know that it was so iconic you know that that mm-hmm. that image was so iconic you know what i mean do you remember when you first learned about this because i didn't learn about this until i got into college it was college for me too, actually. And then of course it made me, my heart swell up because it was San Jose state where I, mm-hmm. I was born in San Jose. So I'm mm-hmm. like, wow, you know, we do have some deep, you know, activists, um, civil rights kind of roots in, in Northern California. So it was definitely cool to know, to learn about this, but I, yeah, same. I was probably junior year mm-hmm. in undergrad before mm-hmm. I learned about them. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, and the crazy thing about what happened with them is that they won and they did it. And don't forget, this was during the Summer Olympics so of 1968. This was right after Martin Luther King got mur- you know, assassinated. Right. Remember, he got right. assassinated February 4th. Um, so, you know, yeah. in solidarity, you know, with the Black Panther movement sort of going, you know, mm-hmm. this was like their symbol of like, you know, this country does not, you know, stand with us. You know, this country right. doesn't want anything, you know, to do with us. So we're going to stand up to it. And they pretty much got vilified for it. You yeah, know. They, lost, they lost basically everything. I mean, I think fa- their family kind of just dissolved. I mean, everything was ripped from them like a, you know, tablecloth on a table. Like a lot of bad things started happening as, you know, from them standing up. Yeah, it is so sad. It is so sad. And of course, mm-hmm. you know, the second the second one that we would have is um would be of course the uh Mahmoud Ma- I can't Mahmoud Abdul Rauf. Yes. And I remember him playing too. Um, and I can never pronounce his name. So brother, I do apologize um, if you do see this. Um, but he, I remember him, he sat down during the national anthem in 1996 um, whenever he converted to Islam. Because um, yeah, his name was it. Chris Jackson. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he got suspended. And mm-hmm. then he eventually stood up and prayed, um, you know, in an Islamic prayer. Yeah, mm-hmm. he, played, he did an Islamic prayer during, I think, um, what team was he on at that time? Because he had bounced around a little bit. Um, maybe Denver. Denver Nuggets. Mm-hmm. He yeah, was on the Denver on Nuggets Den- team. And the coach said, listen, you can't sit, at least stand. And at that mm-hmm. point, he decided I'll stand, but I'm not saying the national anthem, nor am I putting my heart, you know, my hand on my heart. I will do an Islamic prayer instead. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. what he did. And mm-hmm. he paid the price, too. Once again, he paid the price. He had whole compound in Mississippi burned to the ground. Um, you know, people are upset about this idea of a individual not feeling swelling up with joy during the national anthem and feeling this sense of pride, um, mm-hmm. even though it's literally a personal choice. And one thing people also have to realize is that the national anthem became our national anthem during uh, Woodrow Wilson, was it? Oh, yes. We didn't or, even go over that. Yes, you're absolutely. Yes. Yeah, Woodrow Bring Wilson. That so that, that was like 1930... Was it 33? 
I have it right here. It is 30, no, uh, 1916. Woodrow okay, Wilson. Okay, 1916. Woodrow Wilson wrote, wrote an executive order to make it the national anthem, and then Congress in 1931 made That's it, what it into is Congress. Correct. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The national anthem. But prior yep. to Woodrow Wilson kind of like making it our, you know, our nation's song, people were like singing this song during sporting events and during military events, mm-hmm. but they also were using it as like a drinking song. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really mm-hmm. wasn't as serious as, um, you know, our country takes it now. Mm-hmm. The song, which is kind of one of those things where it's like after a game, let's go get a beer. Like it was very light. It was a light mm-hmm. song um, mm-hmm. during competitions and stuff like that. So it became serious when it was passed in Congress. Right, right, how, right. No. I mean, it wasn't that long ago. We have people alive still that were born probably around that time. So exactly, exactly, exactly. No, and you know, and you bring up a good point. Yeah, and I think that was something that uh, kind of slipped as far as uh, yeah. talking about how even the national anthem even came to be in sports. You know, right. like how it become a staple, and it all started because in oh, I have that research as well. I know the World Series between yeah. the Red Sox and the Chicago Cubs. Oh, in 1918. And this was during yeah, World War One. I think even Babe Ruth maybe may have Babe played. Ruth, with Babe Ruth was on that team. Yep, correct, yeah. correct. Babe Ruth was on that team. So in 1918, the Red Sox and the Chicago Cubs played in the World Series, and in one of the games in Chicago during the seventh inning stretch, That's right. the band played the song while people were standing up. It was a military band. Yeah, it was military a military band. band that was yeah. People were stretching, and they just started singing along. And of course, this is during World War One. You know, a lot of depression. You know, and then this just kind of lifted up the people. Well, the very next right. day, a sports writer wrote an article not about the game but about the people's response to the Star Spangled Banner. When the series moved to Boston, then the Boston started playing it prior to the yeah. um, the games. Um, but between both games, I believe Boston won this series. Oh, no, no, no. I'm yeah. sorry. This was Chicago won the series. This is the one that they had like a long time ago. And then it just started picking up steam, you know, as far as being played in professional sports, you know, all right. around before games. And then after 9-11... Then it just was played before like high school events and college events and all these other things because, yeah. you know, the song sort of just talks about this patriotism that, you know, mm-hmm. we're supposed to have, you know, right. for the flag. Right. Exactly. That's it. Yeah, that's right. You so know. it kind of morphed. It morphed into, like I said, something that was kind of like this jovial pub song um, into, you know, this mm-hmm. how, you know, this very serious uh, song that we all should respect and not question the motives of the writer or the or the full all the verses and you know we're not supposed to question it you're supposed to sing it because we're americans and we're supposed to stand and put our heart over our hand over our heart and that's that mm-hmm. and people are that's how it's that's how we get to the kaepernick thing where it's like he's so disrespectful because he's he's you know criticizing our national anthem how dare you mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. yeah and and of course you know kaepernick then he comes around and then he you know what 2016 then he takes a knee you know in protest and of course he says the reason why he did it is because of black people getting murdered on the streets and of course this is sort of mid black lives matter i would say right right? because black lives matter yeah yeah Yeah, because black lives matter was mainly like a trayvon martin it was like during the trayvon martin that was 2012 that was 2012 yeah so they started kind of like brewing after that really after the verdict and just Mm -hmm. how that whole trial went so he started, you know, he started taking, well, first of all, he was sitting, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, he mm-hmm. was sitting down during the national anthem at one point, And then he had a veteran friend, I believe mm-hmm. that said, you know, it would be actually more, you know, it, it'd be a little bit more professional and like respectful if you actually just at least kneeled. 
during mm-hmm. the national anthem. So that's mm-hmm. where the take a knee comes from. He wanted mm-hmm. to be respectful to his friend. Yep. Didn't want to show that he's being disrespectful to veterans or anybody. He just, you know, just didn't like how the country handled, uh, you know, race matters, essentially. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, you know, the whole thing with the Colin Kaepernick, you know, <laughs> like, like the way that they responded to it, you know, I know the whole response to it was just out of bounds, you know, yeah. um, and, you know, for, cause for four years, you know, Black Lives Matter has been out there, you know, and of course, to be rice, Michael Brown, you know, countless other people have been murdered during, you know, I think Chandra Bland was even during Sandra that Bland. time. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. There was so mm-hmm. many more people. And so of course, you know, he talks, you know, right here, you know, pressing of black people and he wanted to use this platform, you know, just like, um, uh, Tommy Smith and John Carlos yep. before him and, you know, Abdul Rahul, you know, and other people. Now, of course, we're only talking about these three because these were the biggest ones, but right. there are There's countless, people. countless people yeah. who have protested the flag, um, you know, during this time. And, you know, for him to, you know, take this stance, you know, and the thing is, he was a good football player, though. You know, he was not a bad football player. He went to yeah. the Super Bowl um, mm-hmm. and lost to the Ravens, which I saw that there was a go Ravens somewhere here in the chat. Somebody said that'll go Ravens. Omar. That'll be uh, Omar. Oh, that'll be, that'll be, oh, that'll be, oh, okay. Yeah, they took, yeah, yeah, they took it home. They took it home. They definitely took it home that time. But I remember that's when Beyonce performed at that game. She shut down halftime, you know, it was like an hour delay. Uh, for the power to cut on because she literally shut down the Super Bowl. And Kaepernick almost came back late in that game um, and beat them. Um, But, you know, for him, and then, you know, but then he had like a couple of seasons where he wasn't that good. You know, he lost his coach. You know, a lot of players left left that team. He did actually go to the NFC Championship the year after, um, you know, uh, the Super Bowl. And then he got signed a $100 million contract to be a franchise quarterback, and then, you know, his numbers just sort of went down and then he had a surgery and then he didn't play in the preseason. And that's whenever he started kneeling. And then he kneeled in 2016. It wasn't until this guy that's on screen right now said something. So 2016, we still had Obama. But then whenever this guy went up there and talked about we need to cut whoever is not on um, the, the field with their heart on their hand. It, it just it just ignited it just ignited and then yeah. it just became this whole divide where it wasn't even about the message that colin kaepernick was trying to talk about it was about him being disrespectful to the flag like how do you feel about that whole narrative of being disrespectful to the flag well as we talked about the media literacy conversation mm-hmm. um how false information exaggerated information can get skewed in the in the media and those that don't do their research run with whatever narrative is being put out there. And during Trump's campaign, he was very, I mean, we, we had four years of this mess. So during his campaign towards presidency, everything was divide, you know, divisive. It was these people that are, are kneeling. They need to be, if you don't like it here, go back to, go, go back to your other country, go back to your, you know, this basically go back to Africa, right? (laughs) Go back to Africa. Like he he wouldn't say that, but that's what he was insinuating. Go back to Africa because we all know who plays in the NFL and we all know what, you know, race Colin Kaepernick is, what, you know, mm-hmm. what cultural background he has. So he, he created this stir, which really ignited the right, these fringe people, honestly, because then you turn and see like Laura Ingram, you know, throw the football, stop talking. Now she said about LeBron and she, you know, all these, all these kind of like right wing people telling these athletes that your voice doesn't matter. Just throw the ball, dribble the ball, whatever. So everybody started kind of snowballing into what you have, to complain about you're a millionaire you're playing a sport be quiet you, like seen and not heard like we do not want to talk to you so it really created this narrative of like 
Colin Kaepernick was really like a pariah on, mm -hmm. on almost right. Mm -hmm. Just the simple thing that he was doing prior to Trump taking notice that really was going unnoticed. Nobody was really causing a stir mm -mm. turned into things that he never said. He never disrespected the soldiers, but that was the narrative. And mm -hmm. so you know, people were saying, you, you know, you're disrespectful to these men and women who are fighting for our country. You're disrespectful. It's like, that's mm -hmm. not what he's saying. Mm -mm. That's not what he's, but you, you've taken something, twisted it, media ran with it. And this is what people who do not research have, you know, have the belief system mm -hmm. because of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, and what's the, what do we have in the chat? It seems like the chat is uh, pretty engaged in this. What do we have in the chat? We have, uh, um, oh yeah, Lisa was talking about how um, they took um, Tommy and John Carlos's medals. I didn't know that. Exactly. Yeah, Did I, I didn't do know remember that. that. Yep, yep. Mm. Yeah, I mean, they got they just got ruined. They really did. I, we should do a show just on them alone, shoot, because like they really did. <laughs> right, 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 right. Anybody else my, in the chat saying anything? Yeah, my mom what, what is right. Got? There'd be no sports with no without black athletes, and that's what I said. You know, before we got on, I said, "What would the NFL do if all the black?" NFL players decided we don't like what's going on. We are mm -hmm. not playing. Mm -mm. That game <laughs> would tank. Okay. It it wouldn't be it would it would be hard to be watchable. Yeah. It'd hard be watchable. It'd be hard to be watchable. Uh, I mean, it'd be hard to you know it just wouldn't be watchable. Most people just, don't yeah. know that the playing of the anthem is paid for by the U.S. Armed Forces. It's about forty million dollars a year. Really, Miss mm -hmm. Carter. Oh, oh yeah, okay. Tobiah. Yeah. Tobiah. Okay. okay. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, they were blackballed. Yes, Miss Candace, they were. They were. And, you know, and it's just unfortunate, you know, and of course, that's giving you the history by Donald Trump saying, you know, that they need to get out of here. Like you said, they need to go back to mm -hmm. Africa. Sounds mm -hmm. just like Francis Scott Key. Yes, it does. Hmm. Which, once again, to me, I think that this, just like how we're taking down these statues, and I told you this before, mm -hmm. how we're renaming these schools, you know, yep. that are named after these Confederate generals and known mm -hmm. white supremacists. We probably need to reevaluate this national anthem because of the roots I, of it and the original lyrics of it. I think that at this point in time, it does need to be taken out. And right now, Lift Every Voice and Sing needs to be signed an executive order <laughs> to I be the national anthem. You. Come on, Uncle Joe. Let's get let's get <laughs> every I'm not disagreeing with you. <laughs> let's get every voice and sing up on the I mean they already said they put Harriet on the twenty, you know, which which that's the episode saying that. Apparently, in his in, in his executive order, apparently in the, in one of his executive orders, he's moving forward with uh, putting Harriet on the twenty. Which that when that happens, that will definitely be a future episode that we will that definitely is interesting have to cover. And I'm, okay, you know that's yeah, that's interesting. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah, yeah, it's. <laughs> Let's see they, what happens. That's all I want to say. I'm not gonna talk on it until I see it happen. You know. Right, 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 right. But you know, I mean, to kind of go back to this, you know, uh, Kaepernick, but. What he did is he pretty much with this through the sports world created this movement where then, you know, athletes from other teams, athletes from other sports, you know, started really kind of gravitating to this, you know, taking a knee. I mean, even basketball, you know, so for anybody who watched basketball, you know, you remember where they had the bubble, but then they had Black Lives Matter written on the court. You know, they had uh, jerseys, you know, where people could have like, you know, say her name or say their name, right, you know, and right. different slogans and things like that, you know, to, you know, and that was, of course, in the wake of George Floyd. But, right. you know, it was definitely inspired by, you know, Colin Kaepernick and, you know, mm -hmm. Abdul Rauf and the Tommy Smiths and things like that, you know, That's and right. you know, a lot of athletes, you know, still won't stand, you know, right now. And once again, it just mm -hmm. became this whole new symbol, you know, that 
just became, you know, one and it just became a movement within itself. Almost just like right. the, just like the Black Lives Matter movement. It did. And like the one thing about Kaepernick, which I've been learning about, is that one of the main reasons why we don't see him much, and this is maybe a little mm -hmm. jumping a gun, but we don't see him much or hear him much because of what Trump did. That he misconstrued yeah. the few things that he did say. Yeah. Or that he posted on social media. Mm -hmm. So even when he was GQ Man of the Year, I think that was like 2018. Right. He was GQ yep. Man of the, uh, of the Year. Yep. He, did, he gave no interview. Mm. He gave no interview because he said, I will not speak to the media because of how my message keeps getting warped. Really? Because of what we're trying to do keeps getting warped. Yeah. So that just tells you it's like the media. He's like, I'll do this. You know, I'll do I'll do the photo shoot, but you will not get an interview from me because I do not like how I'm being portrayed and how this movement is being portrayed. Mm. Very interesting. Yeah. yeah mm -hmm. So so almost that is it's been co-opted. Exactly. Hmm. That's right. Okay. I know that he had um something where he had like this blog where he had like a lot of famous writers and stuff with level. Mm -hmm. Um yeah. abolish the like now I can't remember what it, what the name of it is. Can you remember what the name yeah. of it is? I have I have it. Let me I haven't taken a look at all the pieces up here. Okay, okay. But 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 if you just go to Colin Kaepernick, um, you know, it's on his Twitter. Abol um, um Abolition for the People. Abolition for the people. Abolition yeah. for the people. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The Kaepernick publishing and level. Yeah. So it's basically them talking about like policing and prison reform. So it's a bunch of thought leaders, um, professors, civil rights activists, um, just anybody who's interested in seeing reform there. They have these like individual little pods of what reform they want to focus on. Um, like one, I think is about, um, let's see, like the myth of the good cop. So that's like Dr. Mark, Mark Anthony Neal. I think he's on mm -hmm. CNN a lot. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And then just talking Adrian about like how, the SWAT team Isaiah's... and some of the different things that, you know, these no knock warrants and how mm -hmm. we need to get rid of some of those things. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. he's been quietly doing things. Cause that was one thing I was wondering, I'm like, what is he doing? Because mm -hmm. outside of that, um, that kind of um, media blitz he had about, um, you know, training and then potentially getting back on a team and having some teams look at him. I really haven't heard much from him. That was, was that last year or 2019? That was 2019, mm -hmm. I think. It was 2019, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah I yeah, haven't yeah, heard yeah. much outside of like the Nike deal and then him mm -hmm. potentially working out with some teams and you know maybe getting a contract, which didn't happen, obviously. But mm -mm. Um, yeah, he's mm -mm. been quiet. But I think it's mainly he's just doing things in silence at this point. Right, right. Just moving things in silence. Yeah, and I mean, yeah. which is probably a good move for him, you know, because mm -hmm. I mean, I think you know, with all the ads and things that he had, you know, going on for him. You know, like, actually, let me go ahead and, you know, like, so like this right here, whenever he signed with Nike, you know, and yeah. like how they did that campaign and mm -hmm. basically they made one hundred and forty six million dollars, you know, off of him. Now, he was already signed with Nike, but um, when their valuation went up after they announced that they were going to have a brand built around him and hit the movement that he was doing, which is kind That's of strange right. because the because Nike has a contract with the NFL. That's who makes the jerseys and the majority of the right. shoes. Right. So it was, you know, like this, you know, shoe company sort of going against, you know, pretty much their cash cow, which is, yeah, their best you know, interest. Yeah, which is, true. which is the they NFL. Were, they were stepping out on a limb. They were stepping yeah. out on a limb, but you know, that icon Jersey that um, he has sold out within hours. Um, mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. the $300 joint sold out within hours. Like it's always right. on back order, you know? Um, and right. you know, the crazy thing is whenever Jay-Z, happened to be wearing that jersey in 2017 on Saturday Night Live. And then Jay-Z is now producing 
the halftime show for the NFL because he had a position, right? He, he didn't he, didn't Jay Z get a position with the NFL? He 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 was like some sort of like social. I want to say some sort of communications coordinator or some sort of something along those lines. You know, something having to do with his actual field, right? So something having to do with like the music or connecting you know, the culture to the conglomerate, the NFL conglomeracy. And I, I know when that kind of partnership happened, people were kind of side-eyeing him, like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you're doing a deal with the devil. Um, but to him, it was like, it's a seat at the table. You know, it's a mm-hmm. seat at the table so I can kind of maybe push some things forward, which, you know, we've talked about, has things really been pushed forward with the NFL? I mean, where they're not hiring a bunch of Black coaches, they're not hiring mm-hmm. a bunch of Black coordinators, not hiring a whole lot of Black, you know, talent. Mm-hmm. Um as far as in the upper, in the upper, in the upper, uh, seats, yeah. like, you know, like GMs and scouts That's and right. well, there's yeah. no owners, but yet the league is, as you already previously said, 70% black, you know, 70% right. of the players on the field is black. And now you said that you stopped watching it because of the Kaepernick, you know, situation. Right. And I'm, and I know a lot of people did, mm-hmm. you know, during that time, yeah. but then, you know, this year after they played the wild card games, Actually, the NFL has not been hurting that much, you know. Now, of course, this can all be looked through a different lens because, you know, all content sort of risen up because of the pandemic. But, you know, from 2016, whenever Kaepernick started to 2020, they only dropped about 10 percent in ratings, you know. Which Um, is not bad. I mean, that's not bad at all. That's not bad at all. But, you know, the glaring thing is that Sunday Night Football is going to be for 10 consecutive years the long the number one primetime program on television. Now they're considering it. Nelson is considering Sunday night football as far as primetime programming. So like your Game of Thrones, your yeah. uh the undoings, um right. you know, SNL and you know these this sort of content that you know people love, you know, the TV shows that me and you even talk about, the Lovecraft countries, things like right. that. They're putting right. an NFL up here. So if you look at it through sort of that lens of like this is primetime mm-hmm. program because it's getting eyeballs 70 percent of the people that's the actors in this mm-hmm. are black but yet mm-hmm. you're going to treat them the way because i mean the nfl has known to want to amend the uh the kneeling rule you know it was right. one time you know you just go into the locker room you know don't kneel on the yeah, on the field exactly. when it's all about black issues when but some of these, you know, kids did not come from good upbringings, you know, or have mm-hmm. seen police brutality up in front of them and wanted to see a change and actually doing, you know, uh, giving what, like making foundations, you know, foundations right. and nonprofits right. and things like that for their neighborhoods. And, mm-hmm. you know, so for the NFL to be such a cash cow and to treat mm-hmm. their lead stars like this, I think it's, I think it's wrong. And I think, a person like you to not watch it, I think you have some, I think you have some validity on that. Yeah. I remember there was a little bit of a movement, like right when Kaepernick w- didn't resign and mm-hmm. people were like, let's just like not watch. And there was kind of like a movement, like don't watch the NFL, like wake up the NFL. We're not mm-hmm. watching. Mm-hmm. And I kind of like, I don't want to say I jumped, jumped on that, but just reading about what was happening. And then of course, just the vitriolic words and, and, you know, just twisting of the Trump administration and the, just the, the Trump followers. I'm like, this is not, this is not okay. Especially when you've got the NFL, like you said, who the majority of their players are black and they're allowing this man and the media to kind of like morph this, this movement and this peaceful protest into something it isn't. It's something violent. It's not even, it wasn't even violent. Okay. We're talking about mm-hmm. somebody for a minute and a half 
two minutes kneeling mm-hmm. and, you know, a whole 90 minute or a little longer, you know, game. Like, it's unbelievable that it came from this all the way to that. And people just ran with you disrespectful. You're this and that. And then of course with the Nike deal, you remember people were on social media burning their Nikes mm-hmm. or I will never buy your brands again. And they did, even though they made a lot of money with his campaign, they did have a little dip um, right after that. I think it was mm-hmm. like a 30% dip after because of you know people feeling like oh, i don't want you know i don't want anything to do with nike if you're going to support this person that but that's right. because of the narrative right mm-hmm. so people were just like oh i heard that he hates veterans that's literally probably the the narrative that they got mm-hmm. in some of the news programs mm-hmm. that they watched so if you hear that black or white oh you hate veterans and, oh yes there's plenty of black veterans out there right mm-hmm. you hear that i'm not supporting nike why would you support somebody who hates who hates people that are you know giving up life and limb to keep this country safe Mm-hmm. So I can understand why people are like, I'm not supporting that. But again, the media literacy component, nobody was fact checking. Nobody was going back and seeing what his actual message was. Nobody mm-hmm. was actually listening to some of the, the, you know, the interviews that he gave or went to his website even to see what, you know, what he was actually like, you know, you know, not standing, uh, kneeling mm-hmm. for. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that it's just in of itself is like really frustrating because this is what happens with all movements throughout history. As we've talked about, it's like, you got the black Panther movement. That's, that's, you know, they militant, you know, they're, they're militant black extremists. That's like the new term now. Right. So if anybody, the black lives matter movement is now a militant, a black extremist group Mm -hmm. when Mm -hmm. all we're asking for is, can we get police reform? Right. Can we actually prosecute, uh, and, and try these, uh, officers who are killing people who are just eating French fries in their car Mm -hmm. because they're afraid it's a gun, but it's really some McDonald's fries. Like we're literally asking for the bare minimum here. We're not asking for 40 acres and a meal, which we should be asking for. Well, some people are, you know, Student but alone dead. the primary, okay? <laughs> the primary premise of this whole movement is we just want you to fairly try people who kill us. Mm-hmm. We want to get a shot if we're, you know, convicted or if we're, you know, arrested for something. Mm-hmm. We want to get a fair trial. We don't want things to be morphed. That's literally all we're asking for. That's it. But somehow that got media morphed that into black extremists or extreme Every time mm-hmm. black people have an issue about something or have a grievance about something very real and tangible, mm-hmm. we're extreme and mm-hmm. we must be done away with. And just like uh, just recently, a nine year old girl in New York, which I can't watch, got petrified by while nine officers stood around. Um, that was this weekend <laughs> that that or the beginning of this it. week. It is it right. is it is heartbreaking, you know, when. You know, for the people who've seen it, you know how it is if you haven't seen it and you're not ready to see it. But it's it's the same thing. It's the same story. It's the same story mm-hmm. um, way before, you know, of right. that, that the same narrative that we keep pushing. Please stop beating us and our children and murdering us on the streets for no reason. We just need common sense when it comes to black people, because for some reason, everybody loses it when it comes to us. Mm-hmm. It's like she's nine. What is she going to do to nine of y'all, 10 of you, whatever, however many officers Mm -hmm. like this is if this and this is similar to that case with the little girl who was arrested. She was like in third or second or third grade. I think she was arrested, if not last year, maybe the year prior for having a tantrum Mm -hmm. in like Mm -hmm. second or third grade. Mm -hmm. And you the video was her literally being put in the back of a police car. She's seven or eight. Now, can you imagine if they would have done that to any other it's demographic if they put a little blonde girl Oof. who's having a tantrum in a police car and arrested mm-hmm. her. Mm-hmm. Like, we're just asking for normal 
just normalcy, decency, and for some reason that is very hard for some people to process and understand. Yes, yes, very it, hard. That's it. it. I mean, it's and it's it. doesn't feel like much. I mean, it it, it 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 doesn't. And it feels like our shows, you know, sort of have the same theme, but like I guess it's just like we're just unearthing more and more that this is just. Yeah some bull you know like it's it's yeah. not hard it's not difficult you know it's human it's just really just when it comes down to just human rights um and right. we continuously don't get the same human rights as other people do um i see the we chat don't. has a couple things going on um yeah. uh tobias says racism has worked for centuries for them and they continue to use it until it has no more power that's right but when is that <laughs> when, and he's right he said he he said he's emotionally removed from the nfl and I, I that's how i've been feeling it's like it's you know my dad and my brother love it and yeah. no, i don't have anything against anybody that loves that sport mm-hmm. i have nothing against because you can love the sport and not it's like you can well it's kind of hard because you can you can hate the crime you know hate love the person hate their crime or something right. but it's it's just hard for me knowing that like i said it's like the simple things that we do always get just kind of blown out of proportion meanwhile it's like i hate to um, i hate to keep going back to january 6th and the storming of the capitol it's like just think about people people's reaction to people with automatic weapons on federal grounds Mm -hmm. nobody even blinked but we're you literally are want to cast aside a black man for kneeling Mm -hmm. you want him off the earth (laughs) for for kneeling Mm -hmm. it's like it's just doesn't doesn't make a lot of sense but it's the status quo like we've talked about this is going to be probably a theme um with a lot of our shows it's like the status quo has a vision has an image of what america needs to be and this is hoover I mean, we've talked about hoover mm-hmm. before um you know he had an image of what america stood for and what mm-hmm. america looked like and mm-hmm. it never included us never never included us we were never a part of that image or vision um so any major organization that is faced with some sort of backlash as a result of civil rights and treating, you know, your black and your Asian and your Hispanic employees mm-hmm. equal to, you know, the majority, the white, the white employees or the mm-hmm. white masses is like <clears throat> clutch pearls. Why would we do such a thing like that? Like mm-hmm. that is, you know, the, the premise of America, the status quo is first and you know who the status quo is and everybody mm-hmm. else just get your, get your little piece and please be happy with that. And please stop making a big stink about it. Right. Right. Like, like, like the nerve, because, and once again, sports news. See, that's why I don't know why y'all don't be paying attention, you know, the sports because it has some drama. So like Brett Favre just recently came out against Deshaun Watson, who's a black quarterback mm-hmm. and told him like, oh, he's making all this money. He just needs to be quiet. But yet you have Aaron Rodgers, Carson Wentz and Matthew Stafford, all white quarterbacks who are all demanding trades from their teams. And people are trying to figure out like, how can that work? And actually Matthew Stafford and uh, another quarterback, Jared Goff, got swapped you know, in a trade, nobody said anything, but when Deshaun Watson, whenever he speaks up, you know, this is 2021, when he speaks exactly. up about his organization and the dysfunction that's happening, then you have, you know, people out here commenting on him of, once again, shut up and dribble, which exactly. is a uh, documentary series on Showtime as well that talks about oh, this issue. That's mm-hmm. good to know. Mm-hmm. That's good to know. Mm-hmm. And exactly. Because our race is weaponized. Mm hmm. So like, we're just not allowed to have any grievances or any kind of like constructive criticism. And that's just on a, like even just on an individual non-sports level. Like if anybody's ever worked at 
you know, a predominantly white organization and, Mm -hmm. you know, you're having your review and you might not, you know, like something, you might push back on something. Mm -hmm. I mean, it literally becomes a whole ordeal. I've went through that before where me just saying, I think that's actually not accurate. I kind of did this and kind of gave my points and it became, I'm aggressive. And that's just with, that's just with, unfortunately, all of us, whenever we have any sort of, you know, if we stick up for ourselves, number one, or if we have any sort of like constructive criticism about the organization that we're working for, our performance, whatever that might be, it's like, like you're, it's, uh, you're coming at mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. The Karen, the Karen mm-hmm. comes out of people when we start doing these mm-hmm. things, you know, it's just, it's exhausting. The fatigue. <laughs> the, the it's, fatigue, it's very, man. very much so. The fatigue, man. <laughs> um, and Lisa, she says in the chat, you know, the teen who got slammed to the ground and knocked her out at the high school last week. Yeah, I remember that. It was like a correction wow. officer uh, took a black girl um, from Florida and grabbed her behind her legs and like body slammed her. In her. You could hear her head hit the ground. You know. And once again, that was one recently those... because that's happened. That was last I've week. seen a video. I saw a video of the same thing happening to a black girl by a white. Um, campus mm-hmm. officer at a high school. This was like 2015, 2016. The oh, same yeah. exact thing. Same exact thing. So so nobody's reading oh, the room. Lord. Nobody's reading the room. Oh, nobody's reading the room. Uh, of course, you know, I think we should probably just do what Aisha says. Uh, she refuses to admit to figure, you know, the, uh, attempts to figure them out and how they think. You yeah. know, maybe, maybe it's, just... <laughs> it's like, you know, I don't want it and I don't paint anybody with a broad stroke, but it's like, People just need to stop pretending now. I think we're, I think 2020 was like mm-hmm. the year of we need to stop pretending. Yes. Because we've talked a lot about how we were insulated. Like if mm-hmm. you were born, like him and I were born in the early 80s. So it's mm-hmm. like if you're born in the early 80s, mm-hmm. between like the early, maybe late 70s to even like the early 90s, you have mm-hmm. this like weird insulated kind of upbringing. Even if the upbringing, you know, you, you were in a majority white area or majority black area, we still had this false sense of like, safety of like right. well we weren't in, it was, there was no war time Mm-mm. no war was really happening people were at least pretending to be civil mm-hmm. to each other mm-hmm. uh, of course you had your 92 riots with Rodney mm-hmm. King you had these kind of like different um you know uprisings happening throughout you know these major cities or or, or smaller cities mm-hmm. but for the most part you go to school your friends with you know your white friend Timmy your friend you know you have you kind of kind of you know have this false sense of like you know, I don't want to say colorblindness, but that's kind of what the 80s almost painted it to be. Yeah, like, yeah, but it's yeah, the yeah. same now. We're, mm-hmm. you know, we got a black girl on Saved by the Bell and, you know, and <laughs> Lisa we got a black, yeah, Lisa, you got this. And so it just had this false sense, but it really kind of like the 2000s, I say the 2010s kind of, kind of shook us up and was like, no, yeah. camera phones, camera phones kind of yeah. said, everybody in your bubble, it's time to get popped. That is not how life is, nor has it ever been. And I think most of us knew that, but it was kind of like, let's just pretend that it's that it's normal and regular for everybody. But it wasn't. In 2010s with the cell phone cameras and everything, um, we started to see people were getting were getting killed still. I mean, it was a lot of modern day lynching happening still. So Yeah. And it's unfortunate. <sighs> and it's unfortunate. So hopefully, you know, we can um see a better day. But you yeah. know, or at least go down guns blazing. I so. think I think we're headed in the right direction, but you know it's gonna it's gonna I don't know if we're gonna be alive when we really have that you know any sort of semblance of, of equality. Yeah, that's definitely gonna be um, something we have to talk about. But one of the things that I brought up to you yesterday is, of course, the Super Bowl. They're always good for prop bets. You know, you can prop bet like how long the Star Spangled Banner is gonna be saying, um, who's gonna score first. 
Um, you know, uh, are they going to show the president and how many times, you know, I mean, you know, yeah. you can make a bet, not only on, on the spread anything. of the game on anything. And so this came courtesy of sports illustrated. It was a fan post, um, from the Cincinnati Bengals and they got it off of another site. And basically they are, uh, trying to profit off of the protest, you know? <laughs> so right Such now you can put taste. a bet down on will any player kneel on the sideline during the anthem. So. Yes is plus 1,200, so 12 to 1 odds, or no is minus 5,000, so that's 1 to 50 odds. As you can see, just doing a little bit of math, if you put down $100 saying that one player will kneel during the Super Bowl, you will pocket $1,200. If you say no, you only win two. So basically what that is saying is, Vegas feels that a player will not kneel. And of course, the other bet is, will they raise a fist during the national anthem on the sideline? And of course, plus, um, you know, eight to one odds, which if you say yes, it's 800 bucks to your pocket. So really, really, the big money is on <laughs> the yes for the for the, the kneeling. Kneel. The, the, for I, the mean, I mean, you know, if you want to win something. But, you know, they say in the money line right now is no player will, um, kneel, you know, will kneel, period. And there, there's a chance that somebody may throw up a fist. What do you think? If, if you were betting woman, what would you say? And I, and I think maybe we should keep up on this <laughs> so uh, we can check in with everybody. And also, I want to hear from the chat. Chat, what do y'all think about if y'all was to put something? Would you say yes on the kneel, no on the kneel, yes on the fist, or no on the fist? Well, let me first by saying this is a, a bet that's in terrible taste. It's in poor taste. But anybody <laughs> it who's is. been to Vegas, anybody who has it is. played the lottery of any sort, they bet on everything. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure they bet, they probably bet on what nail polish Melania Trump was going to wear, probably. I'm sure that was a bet at some point. Mm -hmm. But it's like they literally bet on bet on everything. But if I were to bet on this, which I wouldn't, because it's 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 capital. It's, it's in bad taste. It is. I mean, I agree with it's you. It is totally bad taste. It's totally bad taste. I think it because we have a we have a little bit of again because we have Biden and Kamala we have a little bit of like a little bit of semblance of normalcy right now. I would gather that there'd be kneeling over fists right now because mm -hmm. there's not a whole lot of pushback from our nation's capital like we were getting before. Mm -hmm. um, so I'll, I'll just say I'll, I'll say if it, if it was it'd be more kneeling, yeah. if I had to bet. Yeah, I know fist has been um, something that a lot of players have done on the sideline in uh, remembrance of it. Uh, what you laughing at? Oh, Diamond? I'm just laughing see? at the whole bet. Oh, no, I'm yeah. laughing at the whole bet idea. It's just oh, we'll, see, we'll see. We'll see. I think Diamond, you know, she got a good, you know, can we all do the Wall Street thing? Let's all bet on one and get a player to make us some money. You know, so basically <laughs> we say right. we put it in the yes. Let's all get together. And yeah. be like, you know, Tariq Hill, you know, brother, you know, through the social media, right. you got to kneel. You've got to kneel for us. Oh, that That's is hilarious. Right. That's that right. is hilarious. That would funny. That I would, would I would, I, you know, I, I, I almost want to put down a couple shekels on the yes. I just, for some reason, I just feel like with everything, you know, especially with, you know, the stadiums now having in racism, you know, in the end zones, on the back of the helmets, different things like that. I, I just have a feeling now they might not show it, but that's the only way that you're going to win the prop bet. But, right. but somebody probably take a picture of it or something like that. There'll be people yeah. actually at the Super Bowl in the stands. I think they're doing like 25% uh, capacity. Oh, okay. Um, that's good. You know, but, yeah. you know, and of course, you know, while we're talking about this movement, you know, and, and, and of course, you know, brought up the good old uh, prop bet. But, you know, one notable thing, you know, we talked about like, you know, taking the knee and it being, you know, part of this whole movement, you know, and there's also a notable thing that happened also that we found out. And that is 
the most recent Nobel Peace Prize. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about them, the Nobel Peace Prize, what they so, done recently? Cool, cool information. The Black Lives Matter movement was nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize, which we were talking about that. might This might be the first time a movement. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously it's an organization as well now, but it's a movement another was new, nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize. Black Lives Matter movement has been Kind nominated. of unheard of, kind of unprecedented because it's not like um, the UN or something along those, the Red Cross, mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. a little bit more tangible with a little bit more specific um, kind mm-hmm. of um, uh, customer clientele, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. Black Lives Matter movement is, is literally that, a movement with like individual kind of like regional offices kind of working in, you know, independently, but still with the same general goal of the main organization. But yeah, they were nominated for um, a Nobel Peace Prize. Awesome. Go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was gonna say, and then Stacey Abrams, who was really pivotal in Georgia. I mean, she, mm-hmm. I think she kind of helped out Georgia with the, with the voter turnout. I mean, Georgia just showed out and I think she was definitely pivotal in that. And she's also an author of books under a pseudonym. Mm-hmm. She's got, she's, she's got a lot going on. I actually always, I'm, I'm, I think she's fantastic. So mm-hmm. she's also nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize. So these were cool, cool nominations. These are, you know, and, and, and I think that's, you know, it's so cool, you know, that they got nominated you know, especially Black Lives Matter. So I looked it up and it looked like there was 24 organizations that have been nominated, you know, for okay. the Nobel Peace Prize. But it's been like the Red Cross, you know, or um, right. uh, the UN, you know, these 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 right. organizations that go out to the people and, you know, try and help out the unfortunate, you know, there. Right. And like a very specific goal with a specific like I said, not to say clientele, customer, but a specific uh, group uh, that they're they're serv- they're servicing. They're servicing, correct, correct, correct. Yeah. It's like hunger, um, environmental, right. you know, even even some genocidal things. You know, people have been nominated mm-hmm. for you know an acts, you know, but a movement, you know, like they are actually nominating it as the gl- as a global network. That's how the Nobel Prize, the person who did it, is because Black Lives Matter has hit Africa, it has hit Europe, it has mm-hmm. hit China, it has hit mm-hmm. the world. You know, as right. far as, um, you know, the reach that it has. And of course, you know, Stacey Abrams, you know, I mean, she was huge. You know, for one thing, should she still be, should she be governor? I would kind of say probably yeah. she should be, but yeah. she's not. But as opposed to her tucking her tail, like some other politicians that, you know, when they lose, you know, you yeah, don't hear from them again unless they, right. you know, get arrested you know, for GWI yeah. or something. Hopefully, hopefully 45 will do the same. We don't, we don't need to hear from, from him. Again. No, 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 never again. Never, never, ever, ever again. Um, you know, but you know, for her to sort of pick it up and then, you know, two years to really mobilize Georgia. I mean, like she helped turn Georgia blue. Yeah. Georgia is like historically notoriously red. red. Yep. Notoriously. Like, notoriously red. So with her efforts and her coalition and people, you know, I, I mean, I just think it's awesome especially in this awakening, you know, that the world is recognizing, you That's know, right. the the things that, you know, African-Americans have done, you know, not just for ourselves here, but then how we're inspiring the world. And I think, you know, especially Black Lives Matter, you know, hopefully they give it to the three young ladies who created Black Lives Matter back in right. 2012, right? Um, yeah. that's That will be my hope, you know, because I mean, since they considered a global network, I guess you can't give it to one person so i would think that right. those would at least be the three representatives it would be them. yeah it would be them i mean that makes that makes the most sense it would be them mm-hmm. i mean they started this they incorporate you know they started the organization they've uh, mobilized in various cities or helped mobilize in various cities so it would definitely be to them and that's mm-hmm. i think that's so cool mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Oh, and on, I think we got some people that. Uh, so we got a couple of black fists in here. I think some people uh, okay. taking some money, taking the money on the black okay. fist. Um. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Aisha didn't put up the black fist. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Tristan did. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, Lisa okay says she'll that. kneel before the fist because that calls more of an uproar. That's what I'm talking about, Lisa. Go ahead and yeah. get militant, girl. Get militant. Yeah. On. Go ahead. I just think that we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Let, we'll let's see. all let's come back next week and let's talk and see what we saw. Right. I, <laughs> right. I think it's gonna be more kneeling. I would love to see a fist, but I think it's gonna be more kneeling. We'll see. Right. Yeah. I, I think it's gonna be a combination of both. I think it's gonna be so. Right. You know, now as we come to a close, you know, this, you know, we just want to give our final um, thoughts. So, you know, what are your final perceptions of, uh, you know, what what this whole kneeling, the Super Bowl, Tom Brady, you know, what, what are yeah. your final things on what's going on? I mean, I, I, we've talked about this. Like to me, mm-hmm. Kaepernick is just the 2010s Muhammad Ali. He's mm-hmm. the 20. He's just he's the new version of an athlete who took a stand against something mm-hmm. and became kind of, uh, you know, uplifted, but also torn down at the same time. Um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that 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 happens. It seems like it happens every like 10, 15 years, every right. decade or so. We've got this like kind of like main person who kind of embodies a generation um, and, and a movement uh, mm-hmm. per se. And, mm-hmm. you know, my thoughts are just like, I don't think he got a fair shot. I don't think him and Eric Reed, um, neither of them got a fair, it's Eric Reed, right? Yeah, it is Eric Reed, yep. Yeah, yep. neither of them got a fair shot. Um, they didn't do anything warranted um you know not being picked up by another team it's like they were literally like you know radioactive um after that i think you know the nfl's perspective was it's just too much of a media spectacle we don't need we don't need that you know kind of disrupting the games Mm -hmm. um but we know it's more than that of course you know it's more than that so you know for me it's just um, you know, I think he kind of paid the ultimate sacrifice. I mean, mm-hmm. he worked his whole life to be a, an NFL player, to be a professional ball player. And then that kind of got ripped away in, in his prime, regardless of him being hurt. He still was like in his late mid twenties. So he was regardless of him being hurt. He could have come back two years later and mm-hmm. take, taken him to the championship again, take him to the Super Bowl again. So mm-hmm. I definitely think he played the ultimate price by literally doing something simple as kneeling during the national anthem. If you just really break it down to the basics and, mm-hmm. The media, um, you know, my favorite thing to talk about, they played a role in his demise. Mm. And it's unfortunate. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm glad to see that, again, the Black Lives Matter movement, which was what he was like loosely tied to. Because, um, again, whenever you have a grievance against, you know, systemic oppression, systemic mm-hmm. racism, you're automatically Black Lives Matter. Automatically. You know, that's kind of like mm-hmm. the label, right? Even if you're just like, well, I've actually never marked for them, but as a Black person or as somebody who empathizes with Black people, I just think mm-hmm. this, you know, systematic racism is wrong. Mm-hmm. Don't necessarily have to be, you know, a part of any organization to have those views. So mm-hmm. um, I'm just happy to see there's kind of like, I'm, I'm happy to see that what he was doing in 2016 and 2017 is like coming to fruition, you know, it's kind right. of like f- blossoming now because mm-hmm. of all that's happened in 2020. Mm-hmm. So it is nice. It is nice to see that he's kind of the little, imp- you know, impact that he probably never meant to make. He never probably right. meant to make this a spectacle mm-hmm. has really, has really brought about so much, you know, conversation. Um, you know, people are starting to open their eyes towards, you know, what, what really happens to black and brown people. So mm-hmm. that's my, that's my thoughts on that. I mean, you know, I think, I think, I think you hit on all the great points and I think, you know, sort of maybe having some of the, these discussions with people who typically will not have these discussions, right. uh, in the sports world, you know, because you talk about this in academia, you know, you talk right. about this on the news, but right. for football, it's supposed to be this escape. And I love it, you know, cause it's an escape and, you know, I just love the, the sport of football, 
And one of the reasons why I kept watching football, because I'm an Eagles fan, as I will continuously say, but my team is garbage right now. But we had a player on there named Malcolm X, and he was really heavily in the player Malcolm coalition. X? No, uh, no, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> Malcolm Jenkins. <laughs> like you had a player named so Malcolm I, X, huh? I missed that. I must have been gone from the NFL. My bad, my bad. slip. Floridus, my bad. And I wish. No, his name is Malcolm Jenkins. Now he okay. plays for the New Orleans Saints, but he was like really heavy in... Um, the policing and uh, brutality was happening in Philadelphia and part of the Players Coalition and different things like that. And I always, you know, was wanting to go with the Kaepernick thing, but I was like, but, you know, there's so many other athletes out there that are still continuing this message on, you know, and so I at least want to be... support him. Kaepernick Hmm? doesn't support Malcolm Jenkins. Well, he doesn't... Him and Eric uh, Reed don't really support any of the football players who signed the contract with the NFL. And and that's because of the grievance, which one thing we didn't talk about either is that Kaepernick did file a grievance, and I think you t- you, you touched on it though. Uh, filed a, a grievance bit, yeah. against the NFL, um, him and Eric Reed, and they said that they were going to get like between sixty or forty sixty million dollars, but mm-hmm. the NFL only cut him a check for less than ten million dollars. You know, yeah. um, but you know, I just one of my final things. You know, I'm always watch football. You know, hopefully, football will transition more into more of a uh, colorblind organization. Let's hope. Yeah. But I do find it ironic that Tom Brady is playing. Yeah. This weekend, and Tom Brady, once I said, I said this before, with seven Super Bowls, you are the man. Mm-hmm. But Tom Brady is a known cheater of football. You know, he's been on two teams that Deflate Gate. Def- Deflate Gate was him. You know, they also have the uh, the Tape Gate. I forgot which of the other one uh, was. I don't know if somebody in the chat can remember me, but it's whenever they were recording people's practices. Practices. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like Tape Gate, or I can't remember what it was called, but it was it was Something pretty huge. Gate. But the thing is, though, they've been part of two cheating scandals and then him by himself have been part of one. So for somebody who defiles the integrity of the game, Mm -hmm. which is Tom Brady, it still gets to be able to play, almost chooses where he wants to go and live and play in Tampa Bay. You know, whatever he wants, whatever he wants. And all Kaepernick wanted to talk about was social justice and change. And he's out the league, you know, so. As what you do on the field really doesn't matter because Tom Brady is, as we talked about, he's a G-man. He looks like the typical All-American white boy. He's the football captain. He has the, you know, supermodel wife, wife, you know, kids and things like that. So, of course, they're going to make sure that he gets no blemishes on him. You know, I think I think OJ thought he was Tom Brady back in the 70s. He literally probably looked in the mirror and saw Tom Brady, OJ. (laughs) Right, 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 right. Oh, video gate, video gate. That's what it was. That's what it was. Okay, appreciate that. Yeah. Um, No, no, he did win the grievance, but um, he didn't win. Well, actually, from what I saw, um, I think Tobias talking about uh, the grievance. Now, from what I read, they just settled on the grievance, you know, that the grievance that he didn't win anything, you know, that it was just a settlement. Um, Right. You know, but is there anybody in the chat you want to go ahead and shout out? I want to shout out to Baya. Thank you for coming. My Mm -hmm. aunt Lisa, my Mm -hmm. mom, of course, Tristan and Diamond and Omar. Thank you guys for coming. I always Mm -hmm. appreciate you. And Aisha, always. Mm -hmm. Diamond, I'm so, thank you guys. I always appreciate you here. And anybody who's not commenting. Oh, I think, um, yeah, I think my friend Crystal stopped in. Mm -hmm. So anybody that's just listening and not not typing, um, you know, thank you. Thank you for coming. We really appreciate it. Really appreciate it. Really appreciate it. Thank you, guys. So yeah, please like us, subscribe. Like, subscribe, and get a notification. Yes, yes, yes. Like, subscribe, hit that notification bell, because um, we definitely want to keep doing more content like this. And, of course, the support that you guys give us allows us to do this. Um, That's right. 
you know. And so now the next episode that we have coming up, um, there was no graph made for that, but we can at least give them a hint if you would like to. Go ahead. So we're going to be talking about black female and male relationships. Okay. That's kind of just, that's all I'm going to say. It's going to be going to get real and going to get sweet because it's Valentine's Day coming up. So yeah, we're going to be Valentine's talking about Day. the dynamics right. between black, black men and black women. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which is, you know, as you guys already know, that continue to watch the show for the people who have never watched the show, you know, or in our dry run since this is technically our first show. You know, right. we go so deep that sometimes we know we're going to have to do a series of things. Um, right. So this is definitely one thing that we discussed that we can't look at it monolithically like they look at black culture. You know, black love is just not one thing. You know, That's it's right. separated into so many different facets. And, you know, we just want to go ahead and peel, you know, just a facet and then, you know, hopefully have this conversation with you guys next week. All That's right. Right. Thank you all. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Appreciate, appreciate appreciate you, you. folks. Love y'all. Uh, love, peace, Aww. and hair grease, and of course, uh, I guess go Mahomes. <laughs> go Mahomes. Let's go. Let's see. Big right, breakfast. Yeah. See y'all.